Welcome to Unlocked, the human resources podcast that dares to put people first. Today's world of recruitment and job search is changing towards a digital first. Apps and websites allow job seekers to find vacancies and to apply as easy as online ordering a pizza. Artificial intelligence mines and presents candidate profiles to the recruiter handed over before breakfast. But how do we ensure a true human match? A match that empowers success, where candidates finding the right organization, where mutual needs can be fulfilled. In this Talent Sprint podcast, we want to explore the needs of today's talent and recruiters from a human perspective. What inspires and motivates them? What are career and recruiting challenges? And how do they envision the importance of a human dialogue in creating the right match? I am Emmanuel Nekifor. I am a partner at the Talent Sprint, and I'm passionate about people and their projects to change the world. Welcome to Unlocked, the human resources podcast that dares to put people first. So, welcome to Rosina Gito, an international HR professional currently living in Paris. She is the founder of Humans of HR, a digital social enterprise which was created to help employers and employees build a human-centered world of work. It is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. When we first read about Humans of HR and we heard about let's humanize the world of work together, it really resonated with our human-centric vision of HR. And then we loved your ambition to become the authority magazine for HR people. And we are very proud to have you here. Thanks to your psychology and international HR management background, you are focused on building the inspirational and educational platform for HR professionals. We are really eager to know more. So who are you, Rosina? And what is your dream with Humans of HR? Yes, thank you so much for inviting me to this episode of the Talent Sprint podcast. So to tell you a little bit more about me, as you said, I'm an international HR professional and I have a background in psychology. I have a license in psychology. And to tell you a little bit more about my career background, I started my career in psychology, working in psychology because it was part of my training to obtain my license. So it's a permit to be able to work as a psychologist. And I was working at the university where I studied in their social responsibility programs. And at one point during my studies, I realized that I really, really loved labor psychology. And this is what I wanted to do. I also saw it as a place where I could go back into my international lifestyle and maybe get into human resources management. I lived in many different countries, so I really value the international aspect of my career. So I thought that labor psychology and human resources management was the perfect um, place where I could really, you know, work internationally and, you know, use the skills that I acquired living all over the world. So that's why I became interested in human resources and in international human resources in particular. So my first job in HR was actually in international mobility. I was actually still working for the university too at that moment. I was working for an Indian company, so Tata Consultancy Services, and I was working for an American client. And I worked there for about two years. And during that period, I was actually studying French. I always had a link with the French language because when I was little, I had lived in Canada and I went to school in, in half in English, half in French. 
And I never really learned how to speak French well. And I had this as one of my goals. I really wanted to learn how to speak French well. And so I started learning French and I found a master's degree program in Paris in international HR management. And I ended up moving to Paris. This is why I left my job in international mobility. And I started working in learning and development at Saint-Gobain and their headquarters in Paris. So I worked there for an entire year. I was managing their projects linked to digital learning and I managed their learning week. It was a wonderful project where I worked with people all over the world. So it was um, wonderful for my background. And my contract finished and I started a new job search. And at one point I found a small startup in Paris that was raising awareness on gender equality at work. So they were focused on women in tech. And I knew that I wanted to start writing about human resources. I wanted to share my vision of HR and of international HR management. So I actually started writing for this small startup in January 2020. And I was sharing my content with them. And this actually became the base to what was going to become the Humans of HR and my international HR magazine. So I started creating all this content and I started sharing it on LinkedIn and on different platforms. And I started seeing the reaction that people were having to what I was posting. And it seemed like people really liked it. So I decided to just go for it and create a company and create this international HR and business online magazine. And I decided that I really wanted to find people that shared the same vision as me and my human-centric uh, vision. And I wanted to find other people, other professionals that wanted to share their content and their view on international HR management. So this was how the magazine was born and also the Humans of HR. And during the period where I was building, I also decided to create some career development programs focused on helping people really take control of their careers and help with unemployment and all these things that came up with COVID. Of course, unemployment already existed before that, but with COVID, it became even worse. So I said, what can I do as an HR professional to help with the skills that I have? So I created two mentoring and coaching programs. And now I help people build their own jobs and also uh, learn how to network through my programs. So that is the Humans of HR. Our mission is to humanize the world of work and to promote a human-centric vision of HR management. <laughs> Well, thank you. That was a very interesting trajectory that you had uh, mm -hmm. coming from HR and then building your own job and now helping other people do so. So that's very interesting. And actually looking at this crowd of either people in HR who are reading your magazines uh, mm -hmm. and people who actually take your program to then build their own uh, job, what would you say for each of these targets What are the current challenges? Well, with COVID, of course, I think that it's super important to, first of all, for the magazine, for example, to stay connected and to be aligned with these topics and all these HR trends that are happening with COVID and, you know, new ways of working at home and everything. So I think that it's, it's a good place to be sharing content and to be understanding the new trends. With the programs, I think that it's super important for people to really start thinking about what they want to do with um, their careers. And, you know, I think a lot of people with COVID, they started thinking about new things that they should be doing or, you know, just really thinking about their future and where they want it to go, the future of their, their careers. So these programs really help people stay focused and really just work on, on their career development and, and really kind of try to not let COVID stop their, their careers, you know. So that's what I'm focused on. <laughs> and you were actually talking about trends. And what are the trends that you can see right now linked to COVID or not? What are the kind of trends that you encounter? 
Okay. So basically I've been observing everything quite externally to big companies and what they're doing. I've kind of been just analyzing things from an external point of view and also seeing the kind of content that people want to post on the magazine and all these things. So there is a couple of trends that I see. I think they really are linked to COVID-19. So one big topic in HR management is actually diversity and inclusion. I think also the Black Lives Matter movement last year really kind of sparked a debate in this topic and in racial equality inside of workplaces. But also, I think that diversity and inclusion is a huge, huge topic. It involves gender equality. It involves a cultural diversity, disabilities, mental health, all these different topics that like have to do with diversity and inclusion, or maybe even invisible disabilities, all these things that come into what is diversity and inclusion. And we're starting to see a lot more roles actually being created in this area. And I think that's super interesting in HR management. It's super positive for companies. It's super positive for employees. And I think that even with COVID now, we're all a lot more connected in the world. Mm -hmm. And diversity and inclusion is so, so important. You're working with people from all over the world, people of different backgrounds, raised in different cultures. So I think that diversity and inclusion is so important right now. It's never been more important. So I think that's a huge trend in HR management to really start talking about diversity and inclusion. Another thing that I've seen is, of course, people starting to talk about about mental health at work. I think that is wonderful because I have a background in psychology and I don't always feel that HR people are very interested in this topic. And I think it is so important. You know, you need to work on employee engagement, on uh, making sure that people um, feel safe at work in times like these. A lot of people are having personal problems at home, the sick relatives, everything. It's just super complicated right now. And that really has affected mental health at work. And I think it's wonderful that people are actually speaking up about this. They're starting to raise awareness on mental health issues at work, on burnout, on stress and all these different things. And also kind of new stresses that have come along with uh, working from home. And maybe some people don't have a very quiet environment at home and they started realizing that this is really affecting them. Or people, sometimes they don't know when to stop working They feel like they always have to be connected. So all of these things are starting a debate with uh, mental health at work. And I'm super, super happy about that because I think that it is so important. I think everyone in HR that has a background in psychology really realizes the importance of mental health at work, but not everyone does. And I think it is super important for everyone in HR to be aligned with, with this and to really help employees perform at the best. So obviously, so companies can also perform at their best. So I think those are two big trends that I've seen. Something a little bit more general that I've seen is, for example, everything is going digital. People have to learn new skills. And um, I think everyone is doing quite a good job with that. A lot of companies are probably realizing that they should have done this a long time ago and integrated new tools and uh, technologies into their workplaces. And they hadn't done that before. And now they were suddenly forced to do this really, really fast. So I think that has been probably quite complicated for some people and really training people on all these, you know, all these platforms that they have to use now or Zoom or whatever. Maybe some people were just weren't used to working online. So I think that's a huge trend in general in the world of work, just being super, super digital. And lastly, I think a little bit more, not so much of a trend, but a challenge. So I'm really into everything that has to do with gender equality at work. Uh, and it's the work that I was doing with Fireside 2, the startup that I started um, writing for. So they're, they're starting to be a lot more problems with gender equality at work. So people getting offered much lower salaries than before with COVID when they were already being paid less, I guess, especially women at work. And I think uh, a lot of people are talking about the fact that some people aren't going to want to work, go back to the office 
when all of this starts calming down, you know, with COVID. And a lot of people are saying that this is going to affect women negatively at work. And I don't think that's good. I think that we should be moving forward and not backward. And I don't think it's a bad thing that people decide to work from home or that they should be paid less or given less opportunities. And I think that we should really start talking about this, that it's not a bad thing that people are working from home. It is something that's going to happen in the future. People are going to work from anywhere in the future. So we really just need to start accepting this and not punish people for, for wanting more flexibility in their work lives. So I think that's a huge challenge to convince people that working from home is not a bad thing, that um, we need to make progress with gender equality. And, and yeah, I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we're going to be facing in the following years. Thank you. That's very interesting insights in, in what you're um, sharing with us. And actually what it triggers as a question is if you look at diversity, mental health, digitalization, and then you also talked about gender equality, what do you think companies are missing out? Well, I think that a lot of companies have just, it's really hard to manage change and create change inside of companies. A lot of people resist change. They don't want to accept it. I think that younger generations, uh, even I'm a millennial, but uh, Gen Z is so much more advanced in these topics. You know, they love talking about these topics about mental health. They love talking talking about, uh, you know, diversity and inclusion. And they are a lot more global in many ways than the older generations. It's just so easy to connect with people from all over the world right now. And they are more diverse and inclusive, I think. And I think that the younger generations are really going to make all these changes in the world of work. I understand that it's super difficult for people that have always done things uh, in a certain way. And especially, for example, I've always worked in big companies. So it is difficult to manage a huge workforce, a huge global workforce, and to get everyone aligned on these topics. There are cultural problems that don't, it doesn't make it easier for people to apply certain things or to be you know, aligned on certain topics. So I think it's a, it's very difficult to implement these things sometimes because of these cultural differences and laws and topics such as diversity and inclusion. Maybe they're just even, their population is less diverse, so they don't see the importance of speaking about these topics. So I think that it's a, it's a huge trend, but it's also challenging to change and start really talking about these things and to be open about these things. They're complex, they're complicated. It's not easy to talk about burnout. You know, no one wants to go out and admit that they're having difficulties at work or that they can't concentrate anymore, that they're not motivated to work anymore. So it is difficult for people to speak up about these topics. And even about in diversity and inclusion, for example, when we talk about racial inequality, no one wants to go up to HR and say, I'm being discriminated against, or I don't feel comfortable in this workplace. It is super difficult to talk about these topics and people don't want to be targeted. So I think that we really need to, in HR, develop more empathy and more even emotional intelligence to be able to put ourselves in other people's shoes and understand their point of view. And I think that not taking care of these issues is really wasting talent because, you know, these are issues that can be worked on. People can work on these topics. They can make people feel more uh, included in workplaces. They can make them feel like they are part of the company. And that will make people want to work for your company. So it's a good thing. Thank you. Actually, what you're saying is they should try to do things differently. And at the talent point, we really believe in that. And the same for you in Humans of HR and other um, track that you uh, get, actually invite them to explore is this um, human-centered approach with more empathy, yes. with listening more. So that's that's very interesting. And this is also 
the two reasons why we really wanted to have you on our podcast is because we also really believe in these two tracks, which we think are mm -hmm. part of the future. And talking about the future, you also talked about the next generation, the generation Z. Yes. Do you have any insights or trends? Or first, do you already work with some Gen Z uh, people? And if you work with them, what kind of insights can you share with us and with our uh, HR listeners today? Well, not exactly. Well, yes, I've worked with some younger people than me and, of course, of this generation. I think that they're super digital, they're super creative, and they have so much to give to workplaces. I think that they're the workers of the future and they have some skills that are super important for the world of work today and for the future. And even all these trends that companies had to adapt to with um, COVID, they already knew these things. They already knew how to manage digital technology. They were already on social media. I think that they're super inspiring. I see all these young people on social media like TikTok And they have a huge audience. They're so, they know how to influence people and how to make them laugh. They're so creative. I think that's wonderful. And I think that's uh, going to be really great for workplaces, just bringing in this creativity and the freedom to be themselves and to bring their um, whole selves to work. I think that's wonderful about the younger generations. The older generations, they feel like they can't be themselves at work just because that's how work was. You had to kind of be perfect and uh, pretend that everything was okay all the time and you couldn't show your emotions. And younger people are a lot more open with these topics and they're just more open in general. They're not scared of sharing. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's uh, going to create more inclusive workplaces. And it's also going to help people learn new skills and really have reverse mentoring and have younger people teach older people different skills and things at work. I think that this is important too, to emphasize that young people, just because they don't have work experience or they don't have a lot of work experience, it doesn't mean that their skills are not valuable or that they can't bring do amazing things for companies. So I really love these younger generations. I think they're super innovative, creative, and I think that they're going to be the change makers of the world of work. That's very interesting because what you're saying is that they are part of the solution. We should not yes. panic. <laughs> they are definitely part of the solution. And talking about solution, how do you humanize the world of work? This is your ambition. So how do you do that? Or how do you think HR people can do that? Well, I think that people have to really um, start thinking about the way they've been doing things and how, how it has helped their companies. Is the way that you're doing things helping people or is it pushing them backwards? So a lot of people talk about retention and uh, retaining employees and making them feel engaged at work. So what's going on here? What are people doing wrong? Is there something that we could be doing better? I think that there's always room for improvement and we have to think about these things, you know? We have to think about ways that we can do things in a better way. There's always room for improvement in HR and in every other field. The world always moves forward and I think that this is the way that HR should be moving forward. I think it has a lot to do with developing emotional intelligence and really becoming more empathetic and, and really understanding both the business side and the employee side. I don't think a lot of people think that HR should be, we're on the business side, we're not with employees. And a lot of people think this way. And I think that's very wrong because you need to support employees so that they can make the business work. So I don't believe in this division that HR is on one side and employees on, are on the other, or that the business is on one side or and the employees are on the other, I think that they're all part of the same system and they have to work together. And uh, we really need to listen to people and see what they what their needs are. What do they need in the world of work? What do they need to feel more comfortable? So I think that this human-centric vision is going to help people understand what the real needs are and really create a more human world of work. And actually, you were talking about it's 
all about meeting new needs or existing needs. As you have this mentoring and uh, coaching program, what do you think are the current needs that need to be addressed? Well, my, my coaching programs, mentoring programs are focused on develop, developing a digital literacy. So I teach people all kinds of digital skills. But I think that a lot of the skills that I teach are also related to this human-centric vision. For example, I teach a lot of creativity. And I think that's super important for people to be, you know, to feel satisfied at work and to also feel like they can be creative and they can be themselves at work. I think it's super important to integrate creativity into people's work lives. I think that's something that makes them feel satisfied at work. And I teach them these skills. So I'm combining everything that has to do with the digital world with other more human um, things. I think that creativity is something that is super human and people love it and they feel so um, comfortable with it. I think that it's something that's missing. A lot of people go to work and they feel like it's Groundhog Day. They're just doing the same thing repetitively every single day. And they're not given an opportunity to speak up or to do something new or do something different or innovate. So I think that this really needs to be a priority to let people have a voice inside of companies, to let them be creative and to let them show what their skills are. And my programs really do bring that out in people. So yes. Yeah, you were actually talking about giving them a voice. And yes, at, in, at the Talent Sprint, this is an idea that we find is fundamental. Every time we mm -hmm. work with a client or with other people, giving a voice to everyone is very important. So do you mm -hmm. have, thanks to all the contributions that you have and thanks to all the knowledge that you can come across, do you have any tips or any advice about how to give people a voice? Yes, this is this is actually that I, one thing that I did at my um, last L&D job. So I managed the Psychobank Learning Week and I wanted them to help people share what they know, like give them a voice by sharing their knowledge. And I deployed a contest during their learning week to help employees share their knowledge. And everyone loved it because it was an opportunity for them to show, you know, I'm not just my role. I know how to do so many more things and I can share this with my colleagues and my coworkers all over the world. And they loved this. It was a, it was a huge success because they loved sharing what they know. And uh, that's one example through learning and development, just creating opportunities for people to share their skills, no matter what their age is. I don't believe that because someone is older, they're going to know more than someone that is younger. You just know different things and you have a different perspective. And it doesn't mean that someone that is young doesn't have skills or that they don't, they can't teach anything. I think that's super important to be inclusive with all the different age groups. And uh, it is the younger generations that are super um, demotivated at work and they feel like they find no meeting at work. And I think it's because of this, they get told that maybe they're not that important because they're young or because they don't have sufficient skills yet. And I think that in L&D departments, they really need to focus on giving people a voice, everyone uh, of every age group of different departments of different um, skill sets. They need to be sharing their knowledge and uh, their view on how work needs to evolve and they need to be sharing things with their coworkers so everyone can be innovative and uh, create new things for the company. Thank you. And you were actually talking earlier about wasting talents and yep. it actually relates to retention, to engagement, to motivation yep. or demotivation. What is your take right now on wasting talents? What do you think could change things or could make people more motivated or stay in a company? We were talking about giving them a voice. Do you have any other things to share with us? Yes. Well, I think that it has a lot to do with what I just talked about. For example, just, um, you know, people feel like they, you know, you have one job, they hire you for one thing, but that's not the only thing that you know about. That's not the only thing that you know how to do. And uh, I think people 
feel that they don't want to do just that one thing that they do in their job, that they have so much potential and they have other talents and they just can't share that in their roles. And I think a solution to that is just letting people come up with new ideas for the company or for the department or for whatever area you work in, just letting people really contribute to their jobs and not just uh, letting them come in every day and just do these repetitive tasks and not do anything different. I think it's super important to let people do different things and to give them opportunities. And who knows, maybe just by doing that, the company will come up with an amazing solution that'll make them, you know, progress and come up with new things that they can sell. And just uh, it's going to help them grow as a company. So I really do think that everyone should be able to share what they want for the company, share their ideas, their innovations. I think it's a little bit related to entrepreneurship, for example. It's something that I love talking about. So basically having um, this entrepreneurial mindset inside of a company and sharing the the things that you believe that the company should be doing. And I think that's super important. And it's going to be something that makes people a lot more motivated. Of course, some people will say this is super complicated to implement. It's just too hard. And that's exactly the mentality that we shouldn't have because it's, it's not letting us progress. So I think that people really should be able to share um, their ideas and what they think the company should be doing and the way that they should be progressing in their area of work. And there should be some maybe kind of platform inside of companies where people can share um, their ideas on where the company should be going. And who knows, maybe you'll discover an amazing idea that will bring, uh, that will make the company move forward. So I think that it's super important to do that. Exactly. And when you talk about that, it seems like it's very for the entire company and the entire ecosystem of the company. So it's not just HR. But what, no. would, you, what would you say then that the, the work of HR is? Is it to coordinate things? Is it to launch projects? Is it to change the culture? Where do you think HR can actually have an active role in getting this culture of entrepreneurial mindset, skills diversity, giving meaning and purpose? What can they do? Well, I think HR is, you know, they're the people that make that make this happen, that lead the way and say, hey, we should be doing this. Our talents should be doing this. And uh, your purpose as an HR person is to help employees perform at their best so the company can also perform at their best. And I think that, you know, HR should be facilitating this. They should be creating tools and programs and different platforms so that people can actually go and express these ideas and share these ideas with the company. So your role as an HR person would be to make things easier so that people can, can share their talents and can share what they can do for the company. That is your role as an HR person. It's the same role that, for example, an L&D person has. You know, you're not exactly an expert in every topic that the company is working on. You're also not an expert on every soft skill topic or whatever. But you are the person that is making things easier for people to learn. You are promoting the platforms. You are teaching them that they can use them and that this is how they should be sharing their knowledge. So it's the same thing when we come up with innovations inside of a company, HR should be, you know, making this easy. They should be creating the platforms and implementing the systems that makes this um, easy for employees and for the business. So that's, I think that's the role that HR should have. Thank you. Actually, what you're saying is that it's not just human resources, it's human potential first. We all have a potential. So we are here to just mold it in the best way so that it helps the company and it helps the the individual. Thank you very much for, for this part. Something that we are also um, wondering about a lot here in this podcast is human versus machine. We really love this human-centered approach, but we can see that a lot of trends in are related to AI. 
or yes. other machine learning or machine approach that can be used. So what is what are your insights on that? So I, I think that when it comes to technology and AI, it's like in everything, there is a good side to things and there's a bad side. And it really depends on uh, the way that you look at things. So technology can be used for good. For example, right now we're on a digital platform and we're communicating and we're actually not in the same city and we can do that because of technology and that's super powerful and that's super positive. So it really depends on how you look at technology. Another thing is just eliminating millions of jobs in the middle of a worldwide crisis because you want to save money, which I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we really need to also learn how to be empathetic and know that you know people are really struggling and you have the power to help them. So is this a good decision to be making right now or can we give people an opportunity to do something great for you? So it really depends on how you look on AI and technology. I remember when I was um, completing my master's degree in international HR management, I had a course on, on AI and we were talking about this on how it can be positive or negative. For example, there is a lot of companies that are creating devices to help people hear better or, you know, these medical devices that are using AI and they're helping improve lives. So AI is not necessarily a bad thing. Technology is not necessarily a bad thing. It just depends on how you use it and how, you know, from an ethical point of view, what are you doing with technology? How are you using it? How are you using it to improve people's lives? And, and do you have any example of an example where any technology was actually used in a right or ethical way or something that was for you efficient and still uh, still left some room for the human-centric approach uh, in HR. Do you have any example? Yes, well, the perfect uh, example of this, of, you know, is in learning, for example, in, in learning and development when we use digital learning platforms. This is wonderful. And also uh, sometimes these platforms integrate aspects of uh, AI and they integrate other things like gamification and things that make learning fun. And this is an amazing way of using technology to help people learn new things. And I think that, of course, a lot of people say, oh, face-to-face -face learning is just so much better. But, you know, for example, now with COVID, it's just not possible to be delivering a training face-to-face. -face. So technology has helped us stay up to date, sharpen our skills and learn new things. And that's wonderful. I think that's a wonderful way of using technology and uh, integrating AI into something that can really help people in their professional lives and in their personal lives because, uh, you know, learning can be in anything. It doesn't have to be related to your job. It can be related to anything. And I just think that that's wonderful. I love digital learning. I love people that are sharing content online and in the digital world. I think it's super helpful if we think even in the past or even our parents Sometimes they wanted a recipe and they only had what was available in their kitchen. And right now, like we have the whole entire digital world to ourselves. We can just go online and search for a recipe. We don't need to have some recipe book with. So technology is great and it's helping us learn new things and find information more easily. And it's making us smarter in many ways. So I think in everything that has to do with learning, technology is wonderful. And I think that's the perfect example of a, a human centric approach that uses um, technology. Another example is actually what you're building with your magazine, because you're yes. also leveraging technology and you're yes. leveraging the social networks to actually diffuse some important knowledge to, to our HR crowd. So I, I would really like to also have your take on that, how you are personally leveraging technology to help HR go forward. Okay, so with the Humans of HR, what I'm trying to do with my online uh, magazine 
is to really connect people all over the world. I know that there's so many amazing people all over the world that have the same vision as myself with this human-centric approach. And it's really hard to find them. But if you go online, you'll eventually end up finding them. And I think that's wonderful. Through technology, I was able to find so many people that just believe in the same thing as me and this human-centric vision. And that's the perfect example of using technology for good and to find people that are aligned with your vision and that are aligned with what you believe um, is the future of your profession, of course. And of course, I usually find people through social media and they sometimes find me. <laughs> so that's wonderful too. So the digital world allows people to find you. You found me actually through, you know, maybe a hashtag or I don't know how you found me, but you found me and you knew that I had a, a human centric approach. So I think that's the wonderful thing about the digital world and about technology that you can really connect people everywhere and really share ideas. And I think that I really have a global vision of things. I lived in six countries, so I really love connecting people everywhere. I'm an intercultural communicator. This is something that just came naturally to me. And I love to be that person that connects people all over the world and stay aligned with these kinds of topics and, and tell people on the other side of the planet, hey, I believe in this too. So it's wonderful. I get to do that through technology, through my platform, my online magazine, and through social media. And I think that's wonderful. It's the way that I use technology um, for good in HR. <laughs> that's, that's also very interesting. We had a discussion together earlier, which was about the social media and, and using Instagram. And actually for your magazine, which has a very scientific approach to HR, and you actually proofread everything, and you're doing an amazing job at that. But you chose a fun way to diffuse the information through social media. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit also about that? Uh, because we also had the, the conversation that if you, most of the time, if you want to have a scientific approach to mm -hmm. HR, you would go to Harvard Business Review, for example, and you decided yeah. to tweak it and to diffuse it in a very different way. So what happened? <laughs> Well, I think that has to do with uh, my human-centric vision, you know, I don't think, I think that you can be super professional, but you can also be super, super human and uh, that you can be yourself. I think that you should be allowed to be yourself. And uh, so I, of course, I want the content to be as professional as possible. We use the American Psychological Association style for a citation. I go through all the articles and review if they are, you know, if they're original, if they're written well, if they use the right formatting everything. So the articles are super professional, but I chose, I chose to focus on Instagram because I wanted to find people that were younger. So people that were maybe in the millennial groups or um, Gen Z. And I think that they are the ones that are more aligned with my vision. And I thought that it would be easier to find them through Instagram. And another thing that um, made me choose Instagram as my platform is the fact that I actually, I studied photography many years ago and I love Instagram. I love the platform And I used to have, well, I still have a photography account where I use this grid posting style. And I decided to apply the same method for the humans of HR because I thought that, you know, it was kind of innovative, like no one was doing this. So I decided to apply this approach that I was using with my photography to the humans of HR and people are loving it. So it's something that's original. People just love this creativity that I'm using on social media. And it really does make people just tag along. They just love it. Sometimes people message me and they're like, I just love your Instagram style. It's just wonderful. And so I think that's super cool. And it's also, there's a lot of young people on there that also value this, this creative approach. And I really wanted it to be approachable. I wanted it to be approachable for people to uh, feel free to send me a message and tell me what they think about uh, this human centric approach. 
And a lot of business magazines are a lot colder. You don't feel like you can just send them a message and say, hey, this is wonderful. But with me and with my platform, people feel comfortable doing that. So I think that it's a, it's a great way of showing also the human-centric vision of the magazine and of, of the topics that I cover and everything. So I think that it's been a great strategy and it's, it's working. So I love using Instagram for, as my main platform. <laughs> yeah, it's actually you're, you're leading by experience. You're, yes. you're giving a specific and innovative experience. And once again, it relates to doing things different. You could have done like any other magazine and you did not. You tried something different, you innovate, you were creative, and it is part of the success that you have today. So congrats on that. And thank you for doing things different. It's, it's really a really good example. I would like to ask you a question. It's what is your current dream and or ambition for Humans of HR? Well, of course, I want to make the magazine grow even more. So we're actually really at the beginning of everything. We didn't start that long ago. It's having um, really good results, but we're still at the beginning. It's This is just getting started. So I hope that the humans of HR can keep growing and that we can keep helping people and inspiring people to make the world of work more human and to make this um, vision become a reality. I know that there are a lot of HR people that are already like this, that are already super empathetic, that they're really taking into account the business needs and the needs of employees. And um, they're wonderful. And I think a lot of these people are on our platform. They're on our social media. They are sharing content with us. And that's wonderful. But we need to get other people aligned. We really need HR people to be more empathetic and to really bring this human-centered vision to life. So that's our goal, to keep growing this magazine and keep inspiring people to humanize workplaces. And talking about your dream, if you had to... Put it into a song or a book or a podcast that actually align with this vision. What would you share with our listeners today? Well, I shared, actually, I shared an article about four human-centric books that I recommend. And there's one book that, that I loved that it's, it's by Seth Godin. It's called The uh, Lynchpin, How to be, uh, be Indispensable at Work. So I love this book because it really shares this, this vision of just doing things differently and, and being innovative. And I think that the book is a little bit repetitive at some points, but I still love the message that Seth Godin is trying to share with everyone, with the readers. So he basically says that, you know, we're human, we're not machines, and that we really need to be a linchpin. How he, this is how he calls people that do innovative things and that are creative and that do things differently. And I love this. I think that this is exactly what um, we want for the humans of HR and for the people that follow us to really think outside the box to use their creativity to just be more human because we're we're not machines we're human beings so i really love this vision that he shares so i hope that the world of work becomes a little bit more human like seth godin says so i really love this book and it was also inspiring for me to even uh, when i created the humans of hr you know he was like you know if you have a great idea just go out there and, and apply it and it's true why why wouldn't you apply an idea if you have a great thing to share with others, just go out there and, and share it. So yeah, I really love this. And I hope that companies can also start appreciating more of this, this human-centric view and employees that are just, you know, different in that way and that love doing uh, innovative things. I hope that they really start being integrated into workplaces. And yes, I just hope that everyone um, starts sharing this vision. And actually, what made you take the big leap? What made you say, okay, I need to start Humans of HR? Well, I knew that I had wanted to start writing for a long time. I have to admit that I felt uncomfortable doing this when I was inside of a company. 
Uh, I was like, what if they think that I'm saying something about them? Or like, if I write about mental health, are they going to think that I'm saying that they don't do anything, you know? So I was a bit scared of, of writing when I was inside of the company. And I didn't want them to think that I was saying that their workplace was bad or something because it, that's not the case. I really loved my last company too. So that's not the case. I think that they were doing everything they could and they were doing things quite well. But yeah, I didn't want them to think that I was doing this because I thought that they weren't doing things right. And the fact that when my my contract ended, that gave me you know, the excuse to be like, you know, I'm, I'm free from the company system and I'm just speaking as myself, as a professional. And I think that really made me take this um, leap. And the fact that I was sharing my content with Fireside, it gave me um, that initial audience. It gave me um, an excuse to be posting this content, you know. I'm doing it because I'm contributing to Fireside, you know. It is a little bit uncomfortable at first to start sharing content. I was super scared to post my first article. It was kind of awkward. I didn't know what people were going to say about it. So I think that the combination of how that turned out, you know, the fact that I had finished my work contract, the fact that I had found Fireside, all of that helped me just just put everything together and say, I'm just going to do this now. And I didn't know what it was going to turn out to become, you know, I didn't know that it was going to be that people were going to react so well to what I was doing. (laughs) So that was a surprise, actually. I didn't know that this was going to be like this or that people were going to be calling me for a podcast or anything like that. But uh, I'm glad that I took that um, step and that I went out there and I shared my, my vision and I started finding people that thought the same thing as me. So I think that it's wonderful. And if someone is thinking about just, you know, taking that step and start sharing their views as a professional, I think that they should just go out there and do it because it's wonderful. It's very rewarding. We are glad that you that you did that and that you continue and that you do such a great work. The final question that I have for you today is, what is the single unlocked question or reality in HR that you would like to help resolve? And why? Well, of course, I want HR to unlock the question of why we're not being more human-centered before. I want them to reflect on this, to think um, that, you know, it's, you know, a lot, I think, I feel like a lot of people feel like HR is built, you know, it's just, it's that, it's there and it's finished. And no, every profession has room for improvement and room for doing things in a better way. And uh, so, yes, I want people to, to reflect on this and You know, I want them to ask themselves why they weren't being more human-centered before, why they weren't engaging people to work better, why they weren't doing these things before, and to start thinking of how they can change that, how they can do things differently, how they convince business leaders to let them change these things, because not everything depends on HR people. Sometimes it depends on the business and what they allow and on their workplace culture. But yeah, they really do need to work on changing some workplace cultures. And I mean this globally all over the world. I've worked on different in different regions of the world, and I believe that is universal everywhere. People really need to start working on this everywhere. It's not specific to a uh, certain country. Human beings are human beings everywhere. It doesn't matter where you were born, how you were raised, what culture you come from. Everyone is a human being and everyone wants to feel accepted and to have a voice at work. And that's something that's universal. Yes, I just want HR people to start reflecting on this and to really start pushing this human-centered vision. Thank you. Thank you very much for the time that we had together. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And actually, if people want to learn more from you or about you, where can they find you? Well, of course, on Instagram, we're always active on there. And we're always sharing our articles, but also fun things and content and content that other people are sharing. So I think that if they want to really see what we're doing, they should be on Instagram. And of course, they can go follow the magazine 
and our social media platforms. We're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn. So they can go there and follow us and learn about what we're doing there. Thank you very much. And we are really eager to see you reach the moon. Uh, so we hope to have you in the next podcast soon. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode in our Unlocked podcast series. We at the Talent Sprint want to make the difference in recruiting today's and future professionals by better understanding the difference and by putting people on stage. We do that during our Talent Sprints and even where talents are offered the stage to collaborate with peers, where feedback is always given and where talents and hiring organizations can explore each other. If you want to know more about the Talent Sprint, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter or visit our website on www.talent-sprint.com. We love listening to you as well. So if you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. Thank you for listening to Unlocked, the human resources podcast that dares to put people first. This podcast is a production by the Talent Sprint, Sabrina Gerlich, Jeroen Fumo, and Emmanuel Nekifor.